0: Welcome to the WeGo Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads with unique careers and the roads they travel to get there. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Max Russo, class of 2020. Today, we talk to Alex Alvarez, class of 2013, project manager, electrical contractor for KB Advanced Technologies. Alex is going to tell us how tagging along with her parents to job sites set her on the path to plan internet wiring of high-rises, and corporate offices throughout Chicagoland. Joining us today is Alex Alvarez from the class of 2013. Alex, what do you do?
1: I am a project engineer for a low-voltage subcontractor called uh, KB Advanced Technologies in the city.
0: How How did you get started with this?
1: I mean, um, during high school, I was uh, working with my mom at an electrical subcontractor, which um, in, in construction, there's two sides to electrical. There's high voltage and there's low voltage. And I deal with more of the low voltage where um, it's basically the cable from your, it's your your data cable in the wall to a jack and you connect your computer to that jack and it goes and brings your internet in to your computer. And um, when I started working for my mom, um, I kind of just love the, the, the construction aspect of it all. And when I went to, when I graduated in Wego, from Wego, I started at Illinois State University and I actually changed my major five times to get to business admin, admin uh, major. Uh, and then when I graduated, I just I got a job about a month later for Nova Fire Protection, it's which is a fire subcontractor as an administrative assistant. Um, but after about a year, I wasn't really happy with how things were going. So I wanted I, because I wanted to work with jobs more with jobs and I was never given that opportunity. So in April 2019, um, with the help of a former coworker and my dad, who ha- happens to just have a lot of c- connections in the construction field, I got an interv- interview with my bosses, Teresa and Ron, and that's how I became a press engineer.
0: Can you maybe walk through this that particular process of finding the, the major that fit you best?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I actually went into ISU as a math education major. I had wanted to be a teacher since I was in fifth grade, and I was just really passionate about that at the time. And then, but before I went to ISU, I switched it to English education, and then I switched it to history education, and then business education with a, with a second ma- major in business admin. Um, but there were certain things about um, the education major over there through business that it would have so. You know how you go to school and you get, say you, you're an English major with a, with education, the business ed classes over there, it's only, it only focuses on teaching business. It doesn't go about the whole aspect of it. So if I had gone as business education and say, I've for some reason failed the teaching um, like certification I wouldn't really have a degree in anything and that scared me and if I had if I had kept the business admin as a as a second major I would have had to be at school for another like three years and at that point when I had changed to business ed I had already been there for about two and a half years and it just wasn't in the it wasn't in the in the plan so and I, I did want to become a teacher a teacher but it just there were a lot of Th- uh, aspects working against me, unfortunately. Um, so I, I finally listened to my parents <laughs> and I went with business, ed- 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 business administration and something that always stuck in the back of my head though, was when I was a kid, I remember thinking, man, I want to be like my dad who is a senior project manager at, in for general, for general contractors. So I just, I think at that point I was like, okay, I can do construction. I'm enjoying it still while I was working part-time with my mom at Titan Electric. And that's, that's what I settled on. And I have no regrets,
0: you know? So out of college, you then took the job at the fire. It was kind of like a fire management. Explain yeah, that fire, again. Pro-
1: fire protection. Oh, yeah. Um, so they were just a subcontractor, like what I do for low voltage, but they installed basically the, the sprinkler systems or the fire alarms and extinguishers and all that.
0: So it, it it felt like maybe that was too, was that like, if I'm reading between the lines, it was like almost too, too much office work as opposed to like actually getting into the field. Was that kind of what kind of made you unsettled? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was more office work. It was more just entering things into the computer. And at, at one point after Thanksgiving of 2019, uh, no, 2018, um, there wasn't much to do anymore. They had, um, they had split this one person's job into two it, between me and the other person. And there wasn't that much work to go around. And I just, I was twiddling my thumbs for about like five months and I got really sick and tired of it. And I was just bored and I needed to do something. I can't just sit there all day for eight hours, just staring at my computer. And I had a breakdown and I needed something more. And I tried to get a job at a general contractor, but I didn't have enough experience. So um, uh, an opportunity came up with a former coworker from Titan Electric and he had an opening, not him, but there was an opening with KB Advanced Technologies. And I got the job and I couldn't be happier, really. I'm really learning all the aspects that I need for to be a PM in that field, a project manager. I have a great boss who really is, her intention is to make me a project manager and run my own jobs eventually when I learn enough to, to, to do that.
0: So, you know, you talked about like how you're learning so much. What's the, what is like the learning curve? So you go into this new job uh, and what was it like your first, like maybe few months there?
1: It, I was actually learning a lot about what Therese did um, as a PM and learning how to bid off of drawings, Um, I like to say that I, my job is, uh, counting triangles because that's literally what I do. I I sit at a computer or I sit at a desk and I look at drawings and I count little symbols that are triangles with that look like two, two shades of colors or, and I, I click and I count. (laughs) Um, so you count these, these, uh, these symbols, you put them together, you, you, you get a quantity of how much you have and then you put them on a bid sheet on a bid form and you figure out your average that you need for all the cable from what they call the intermediate distribution frame to the main distribution frame. Um, So that's what brings the internet in to your computer so that you can access Google and, uh, I also just make sure that all the guys in the field have the, the 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 material that they need as well just to get these jobs done and I work on change orders I help in any way I can with my boss but um, I was just it was just a lot of learning on the job because my boss Therese, was going on maternity leave so I had to essentially essentially learn how to run the jobs as well. Um, And
0: so now, now what then will make that initial learning curve different from when you become a full on project manager?
1: When you become a full on PM, you just, um, you kind of know immediately like what the guys in the field need. You can, on the spot, you might be able to say this job is this much money or this job is gonna take this many hours. So it's it's that big learning curve of like, okay, let's see how many um, locations there are. Like Ron, he's been in the business for 20 plus years and he can just look at a job and say, this is gonna be $30,000. So it's that experience and that learning curve that eventually you can get to.
0: So I I have a scenario for you. So this will help me kind of also kind of visualize what's happening here. Okay. So Alex, here we go. Uh, I own a property and I need you. And it's an old loft, um, like from an old, like, let's say manufacturing. And we're going to put like X amount of like loft apartments in it. Um, What, and it's, none of it is, is wired for the type of fast, internet that I, that I need, how would you go about uh, bidding what I just told you? Let's say like, so like walk me through the thought process of what you do. So you would have to look at a blueprint of the property and the walls and all of that. Like what, what would then be, if I just came to you with a big building that has none of that in there, walk me through how you would then kind of chop it up.
1: Well, first you would have to find a space where the main distribution frame would be, or the MDF, which is usually on like the the first floor or the basement. And that's where you would pull in the fiber, which would actually not be by us. It would just be by like AT&T, for example. And then you would go floor by, I would go floor by floor and figure out where the intermediate distribution frame would be, the IDF. And... Okay. You're doing apartments. So there's most likely going to be at least two data, two two data locations, one in the living room and one in a bedroom. Let's say it's a two bedroom apartment or no, sorry, one bedroom apartment, living room uh, and a a bedroom. So you just want to figure out, okay, two goes there. Then you have to take the average to make sure that you have enough cable from, to pull to the intermediate distribution frame, and you just go one by one by each each apartment, and you figure out how many data locations are typically needed. So, say it's a three bedroom apartment, um, one data loc in each room, one in the um, one in the living room, and possibly even the kitchen for a main phone, if if that's even a thing anymore,
0: (laughs) (laughs) like
1: in my old apartment, they didn't even have that. So it, 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 uh, it's all what the, 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 um, customer wants as well. Like, would you want one in the, in the kitchen? But it's mainly, it would mostly be in the living room and the, and the bedrooms. And then you, I would literally just go floor by floor, depending on how many floors there are. And, take count how many places would be the data, the data locations, get my average for each floor, which in what you're proposing would probably be um, the same for each floor since it would be just condos. And then say if it's not in the city, we can actually take uh, fiber from the top floor all the way down to each floor. So that. The fiber from the, so that fiber will go straight into the MDF and that's how it will con, and it'll, it'll connect to these things called patch panels. And that's, and we'll plug in the patch pan, plug in the the patch cords into the patch panels and that's how you get your internet
0: now, when you actually have to do the math part of this, do you have, a, is it like a software program you were saying before you use like a, a program that kind of helps you count the triangles, then how long does, would it take you to then really then calculate the cost of the fiber, the boxes, and then labor? H- how long would it take you to then then truly generate the bid for that, up the project that I just gave you? For
1: that type of project, say that project is like eight floors, Um, I actually just use Excel (laughs) Uh and, um, I reach out to my vendor, which I, I usually use Annexter and I say, Hey, Hey, here's all, here's the quantities of what I need. Can I have pricing? She sends it over to me within the day. I plug it into Excel and I have a, it it usually, depending on the size of the job, it can take me anywhere from 10 minutes to. An hour or two. It, it really just depends. Like right now, I'm working on a job. Uh, uh, Aspen Dental is in the city, and it's it, it's very it's very intense, and it's seven floors. And it's, but it's much bigger than what you are describing. It that one is probably going to take me about a week because I have to count everything. I have to get the quantities of the jacks, the the, the, pat, the patch panels, everything for the IDFs, um, the cable. I mean, I just worked on a job for, a, uh, for, for something out in Lombard, and it took me all of last week. So it really just depends on the size of the job. That job that you describe would make me maybe take me half a day, maybe a day.
0: Is there a lot of fluctuation in the price when you're bidding on, let's say, fiber? Is that, like, is there, does that, how, how is is that material something that is very uh, complicated to um, anticipate uh, the price of it, like maybe any other type of material that you might use in construction?
1: Fiber usually doesn't change much in pricing, but the, here's the, the kicker. If there is a vendor that has, like, They can partner with the manufacturer and they can boost up their price because they know that no one else is putting pricing out. So it it really all depends on if it's an open job vendor wise or if it's not. If it's a normal job where it's a, a completely open, open bid, there's no scope, which I mean in scope, there's no fa- manufacturer on it. There's no uh, uh, vendor that I have to go for, and then it won't be as competitive. So the, the pricing will actually be like standard, but I've had cable that was about, since it's a certain type of cable, it's probably like $300 because it just it because they have they're the only ones that have that pricing so the manufacturer is skyrocketing it.
0: Oh. Now, when when your company is is now in let's say the building and they are going to do their work it, at what stage do they come in and do this? Is it like before plumbing or you know drywall like when when at what point are you guys or can you work when at whatever stage of construction
1: um we typically want to be in before the drywall is up uh, because we have to make sure that all the conduit is correctly put in uh, that that the electrical contractor puts in and we just typically want it to be no drywall so that we can see through the walls and that we can access the conduit better so that they can put in the string to pull the fiber, to pull the cable from the, uh, from the IDF.
0: Is there what, like, what, what's the biggest project that you guys have worked on since you've been there?
1: I believe it was PepsiCo over at the old post office. Um, I, I think that's the biggest one we've done since I started, it was but it was also very different because it wasn't our normal install usually like i said it's it's from idf the cable runs and then it goes to the location this one was different in which like they had these things called onts and we were pulling ca- we were pulling fiber to the onts instead of cable and then pulling cable from the ONTs to say the furniture or the, um, TVs. So that one, it, it was definitely the biggest in size, I believe. And I believe the biggest in, in money wise, since I've been here.
0: What I would imagine now, where was, so we are talking about the post office, the old post office that you, when people are generally driving into the city yeah. and they have to, they go like, that's the old, but like you guys were in that building.
1: Yep.
0: Wow. And where's the PepsiCo one?
1: Uh, The third floor.
0: Oh, so it's the third floor of the post office. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. As a project manager and you have all the jobs that are coming in, would you say that is it, has it been steady in terms of work because we know that like we hear so much about how difficult times are with the downturn of the economy and all that but has there been any drop off in what you guys do in terms of uh, projects for uh, what you are doing
1: Definitely um, it's it it definitely went down this last year there were less tenant build outs and i think people are rethinking having offices now for their people especially like in the city cuz we're learning that people can work from home and be productive. And I think that's, it, it, it's been an issue. And we're just trying our best to find work now. It, we, I know that my boss, Therese, she reaches out to, um, to general contractors, uh, Ron, he's basically all of our bosses he reaches out as well because he has connections, but it's definitely, it it, it it was a hard year last year. We've, we only had like a few major jobs. Um, bids have definitely slowed down. Like there was a few months that was just waiting and waiting.
0: Yeah. Now, is there, so in, in that, Waiting, do, do they end? So, you said that like they're now thinking that there's going to be a maybe a shift in how people might be using the office spaces in the city in such a way it might kind of then turn back. Is there, does your company do anything that is, it, it, you guys don't do anything that's residential then? No, we don't. Okay. So, no, would,
1: uh, I mean, we kind be- of do apartments, but not really. Um, we do hospitals. Um, but we don't do much with residential. There is one man in on the team that does schools, but we, we actually just got a bid that I'm going to, I'm going to have to work on. That is for a school, but we don't, we try to do more tenant build outs for companies, but it's, it's really, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this year pans out.
0: What is your dream project i know it's I always don't. a tough one i always I, I always spring that on people i mean I, I, was, I should have like always let you guys think about <laughs> that but i'll ask it again now that you've thought about it so no I like- no
1: i think i think <laughs> like the dream would be to like do something for the hawks the black hawks <laughs> mm, yeah. but i mean they just did like a whole remodel of their of the united center so i don't know if that's going to come up but something for the black hawks would be really
0: cool yeah, that would be super fun. That would be super fun. Like the
1: possibility of possibly running into like Patrick, Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze. <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: that would be amazing. Now, do you – so do you, now as project manager, you said that you do work in the office, but how often do you go into the field? Uh,
1: I was actually – when with PepsiCo, I was there twice a week for a while because um, the, the foreman over there uh, – the three of us talk, me, Therese, and him, and it would have. Been, it was helpful to have someone on hand there. Um, but typically, I don't go to the job sites very often unless, like, they need something, they need me to deliver something. But I don't. I think I've been, other than PepsiCo, just a handful of times, if
0: need be. In construction, so oftentimes you think it's just a guys in hard hats and all that other stuff. As a, as a young female in, in uh, the construction business, how is that, how do you feel that you are, uh, is it like, is it becoming more of the norm uh, with this or is my, my uh, view of this, you know, completely dated?
1: No, it's not dated at all. I, sometimes I go to uh, a GC's office for, um, for schedules, for scheduling and me and Teresa are the only women there. It's, it is a very male dominated, um, industry and I'm learning from Therese how to just open my voice during those meetings or in general, you know, it's, it's very intimidating. (laughs) So no, you're, you're, it's very valid. It's, it is very male dominated. I did see. When I was at PepsiCo, I think I saw, like, five women working as, like, foremen or uh, journeymen or apprentices. And it's, it's daunting sometimes when you just walk in and you're the only female. Like, I, me and Teresa are the only females on our team, and there's seven of us.
0: So you, you mentioned about that idea of, like, finding your voice. What are, the, like, what are the ways in which you kind of have been able to build upon that confidence?
1: I'm still working on it. (laughs) Actually, it's, I don't like this week, this week on Tuesday, I'm actually going to go to a scope review. Um, so that's definitely a way that I'm going to try. I, have been doing a little bit better with the, uh, with the, uh, with the zoom calls. (laughs) Um, but I'm still, I'm still breaking out of my shell and it, it, it is, it is difficult for me, but I'm, I'm still, still working on it.
0: <laughs> you, be, when you become a project manager, is there, is that, is there a, a position above project manager after that?
1: Um, running the division, like what Ron, he um, oversees all the division manager, sorry, the project managers and the project engineers, um, in this company, and then above him, there's like the CEO, CFO, oh, wow. and all that. But there's one position above division manager or project manager.
0: So then, um, is do you do you see that this is like the company where you want to be with for the like the foreseeable future? It seems like they've given you incredible.
1: I think so. Yeah they they really they give you opportunities and they're always open to like to what you want to do. And they ask you what, like, what, what are your goals? And Therese has done a really great job in helping me get to these points. I mean, I, I definitely would have struggled if it wasn't for Therese and for my coworker Ricky who have both helped me in more ways than I can say.
0: Yeah. I was, and I was it, I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Also,
1: I mean, also like the benefits are really great too. I mean, I can't, no. I can't skimp out on that. Like it, it's, it's, it, it really is a good place to work. Like, KB Advanced Technologies isn't just one company. It's also a subsidiary of another company with Newport Industries. So it, it's, it's, it's huge. We have, we have, we're going to get, uh, we have a an office out in, in Wisconsin. Now we're really branching out in, in, in Illinois and in Wisconsin too. So it, 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 you have many opportunities as well. Like say, if you want to move to Wisconsin, you have that opportunity.
0: Wow. I was, I, I probably meant to ask this question maybe earlier on, but like, you know, you, you had this kind of mechanical fascination. What, and that would, that started off when you were, working at your mom's office, uh, or were, you know, kind of tagging along with your mom and all that. Um, what were what were your earliest memories of that, where you became fascinated with that?
1: Actually, my earliest memories was when, um, my dad would take me to father, daughter, uh, take your kid to work day. And he, he took me to, um, to job sites. And I just remember being fascinated with it. And I've always just been fascinated with, you can be there, you can be at a job site one week and it look completely different the next, like that aspect, it just, it fascinates me how fast these guys work and the, the, um, just the hard work they do. So that's yeah. going with my dad and, and seeing the drawings as well, like on the kitchen table when I was a kid. It's always been a big part of that.
0: So Alex, this is usually a time at the end of the interview where I ask our guest for tips for success for current Wildcats. What would you, what would you offer for uh, current Wildcats?
1: <laughs> Definitely listen to your parents on what you should do sometimes, depending on what, you know, it, it <laughs> but no, <laughs> um, in all seriousness, enjoy what you like. It, it, enjoy what you do. You know, it's a cliche and we hear it all the time, but it is true and you got to enjoy what you if you enjoy what you do, you won't mind waking up in the morning. Look into uh the the uh the classes that your future college um has. Um business admin is a great way to get into the business world cuz it it you take so many classes as accounting, management, marketing, economics and finance. But if you want to go into construction, see if your school has a uh, a construction management uh, course. I I learned too late that we had a construction management major and I really wish that I had been able to take something that had to do with construction management cuz I think it would have been very beneficial. So definitely do your research on the on, on the schools that you want to go to. Yeah. And that's great. And make sure and, and listen to those that are trying to help you because they, they do know sometimes what's best, even though we don't want to believe it.
0: I know that's it's the hardest thing to, uh, to relinquish is that part of our ego when we, when we have that so true. Well, Alex, thank you so much. This has been a great interview and I think we've learned so so much about this really cool job that you have. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you want to find past episodes, go to Apple music podcasts and search. We go Vox.